Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday and welcome back for a brand new edition of Collider Dailies. I'm Perry. This is John. I need to point out that John is a wizard today because he's pulling double duty. He's a panelist on the show and he's also handling the behind the scenes. And I just I must take a moment. Applause. Hold your applause until after the show because it could go catastrophically wrong. <laughs> At least you're daring to do it. I would be too afraid. Well, so so if you if you do see me, if you're watching the the actual video, if you see me looking over, I'm probably checking my other monitor to like make sure that things aren't broke. Uh, but I think we'll be fine. We we appreciate you very very much. I would also appreciate if this ad went away so that I could see the live chat. Now I can see everybody. Hello Sam, Bruce, Jeremy. I hope you're all having a very good morning. Before we jump into our topics today, I need to give a shout out to Bayer Dynamic for these wonderful microphones. The M70 Pro X microphone is what you listen to every day on Collider Daily. So big thanks to the team at Bayer Dynamic for making sure we have spot on audio. Thank you all so much. All right. Our title topic today, John, it's a big one. We have a new Marvel banner. So when Echo arrives on January 10th in 2024, it's going to debut under a banner called Marvel Spotlight. What that means is that it is a subsection of Marvel that's designed for standalone stories versus stories that are heavily connected to the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. Here are some quotes from Marvel's head of streaming, Brad uh, Winderbaum? Winderbaum? I'm not sure. I apologize for that. Marvel Spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded character-driven stories to the screen and in the case of Echo, focusing on street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. Just like comics fans didn't need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy Ghost Rider, a uh, Spotlight Comet, comic, our audience doesn't need to have seen other Marvel series to understand what's happening in Maya's story. All right. Not Echo specifically. I'm talking about Marvel Spotlight overall. What is your take on it? Is this a good thing for the brand or maybe not so much? They should have been doing this 
for a long time. Like this, I stand by that one of the biggest problems with the MCU right now is overinflation. They they have felt like they have to obviously be pushing Disney Plus by doing series on Disney Plus and things of that nature. And it's caused, honestly, I think more problems for them than it's really helped them out. You know, having to watch like three three different shows and two movies to watch the Marvels uh, when that film comes out is not good. Uh, so if they were going to be doing Disney Plus series, they should have been their own separate things like spotlight is going to be. I think that that should have been what the Disney plus shows were and the, the movie stuff should have been its own. Like that's, that's the main thing. And then the TV shows should have been sort of disconnected. Yeah. I, I very much understand that thinking and, and do do agree that it would have been great if this was available and, and felt more like a deliberate inclusion earlier on rather than a band-aid for a problem that has grown over the years. So when because of that, when I first heard this news, admittedly, my my brain immediately went to like con negative mode. And the first thing I thought was, you know, this kind of feels like backtracking. Why not just slow down and do what you should have been doing all along. Tell coherent stories that are connected, but also stand on their own two feet well enough that anybody can enjoy them. And I am a big believer. I've said this many times that any franchise should be doing that. I do understand that the value of a franchise and a viewer's dedication to that franchise does mean they need to be rewarded by having a building story along the way. But also these things cost so much money. Every single time you make it so someone has to see all the past iterations, that just narrows your audience every single step of the way. And that's going to hurt your business in the end. So that's one big thing. But then I started to, you know, like, calm down, take a breath, really think about it. And, you know, if it is, if they do make do on their promise, if this does truly deliver, you know, character driven stories, perhaps on a lower budget, it could be a really exciting way for the studio to take, you know, more risks and bring in newer talent. So it could be a good thing. I think the fact that after Echo had already been announced and connections had already been made from Echo to other Marvel properties, something about making the spotlight announcement with that particular title feels a little weird, but feeling weird now and, you know, making do on the promise later could be two very different things. So I hope they do. Well, and I also think that I think that it's it's a good direction to be taking, especially the Disney Plus stuff, because you combine this with their like restructuring and reframing the way that they're approaching the shows. I think that it's only going to be a net benefit. Um, we just kind of have to wonder if it's a little too late, um, because there's a lot of people who have already sort of jumped off, especially the Disney Plus ship mm -hmm. um, yeah. when it comes to the MCU side of things. So it's. We'll just have to see how it goes. I think that it is the correct way to go. I think that it's it's a smart decision. It's just, you know, we'll see if it pans out. Yeah. And the, you know, the, the sad truth of it is jumping off the Disney Plus ship also likely means some have dropped off the theatrical ship, too. So, you know, that could be what we've been seeing at the box office. Not that, like, everything is an epic failure. These movies clearly still have a big audience and yeah. make a good deal of money. It's just not like it was before. And I think that is directly coming from the oversaturation of Marvel stories in the market. So when it comes to when it comes to movies and it comes to, like, 
audience acceptance of films. For me, my barometer has always been my parents. If my parents are watching something, if they're going out to see something, then I know that it's probably like something that general audiences are on board for. Um, my parents have basically jumped off the MCU wagon, and it's largely because they just don't they don't have the time or the patience to watch everything that they have to watch to to get into something. You know, like when my mom saw Multiverse of Madness, she was horribly confused because she hadn't watched WandaVision, so like suddenly. Wanda becoming a villain just seemed like something completely out of left field for her. And I feel like there are a lot of people who are in that same situation. So mm -hmm. maybe doing these sort of disconnected things that you can watch them if you want more MCU content or you can just skip them and move on to the next big release. I think that's a smart way to go. I'm also just a big advocate for companies like this to, you know take big swings, do weird things, like do yeah. things, do things out of left field, like werewolf by night. I want that, more of that. <laughs> that's something that I've always appreciated about DC because like DC, obviously with the DCU there, they don't have it nearly as together as the MCU does, but they aren't afraid to do Joker and the Batman and these sort of like disconnected other things that are, can take big swings and can be different and can be unique and, you know, they don't have to tie in necessarily. Like, I've always appreciated that about DC, and I would like to see that a lot more with Marvel. So someone in the chat, Bruce, actually brings up a very, very good point. He writes, I wonder if the average viewer will understand what Marvel Spotlight is. I think this ties back to what I had said before. Is it too late for something like this? Because I feel like if, you know, let's say, just call them the average viewer, has fallen off the Marvel train and isn't prioritizing seeing anything anymore? Are they going to seek out the information necessary to understand what Marvel Spotlight even is? Therefore, will this new banner be effective at all, or has it already alienated the viewers that it's targeting? That is a solid point, and that is actually something that I didn't think about, so definitely good one there, Bruce. Mm -hmm. uh, Honestly, I think the only thing that they can do to combat that is just be sure to get the information out there as much as possible. Like, they need to be doing big social pushes and big information dumps constantly, just being like, hey, guys, Marvel Spotlight is disconnected stuff, their own things that are, like, closed, like, closed circuit sort of stuff. Just make sure that every possible place that they can put that information out there is out there so as many eyeballs as possible can mm -hmm. see it. But, I mean, yeah, they might have, it might be just a little too late. They might have shot themselves in the foot and it might be too much. Well, that promotion, but also just... Just make good stuff. Yeah. I'm, I am also a big believer that that quality product rises to the top. And I feel like if you deliver a movie or a show that's good enough, whether it's under this banner or not, whether it is targeted at longtime fans or more so for newcomers, like it doesn't matter if it's good. I do like to believe that word of mouth will be strong enough that the best the best content is going to be seen by the most amount of people. Maybe that's wishful thinking on my part, but I'm going to hold tight to that idea. Yeah. Well, I mean, but there, there's you also have to take into consideration the fact that there's just so much good television these days that even if something is really, really good, it's still fighting an uphill battle because, like, you know, a new Marvel series comes out. It's got to fight off, you know, the most recent Stranger Things season mm -hmm. and, like, House of the Dragons coming uh, in the not-too-distant future. Like, there's, there's so much 
competing for your attention that it needs to be exceptional. It doesn't, it can't be good. It needs to be fantastic. It is true. It is true. And I think that will be true for the foreseeable future. But I do think in the near future, we are going to see a dip in the amount of content that we are getting, given how this industry is changing. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. All right. You want to roll into our second story now? This is one I'm very excited about. Yeah, let's do it. (laughs) All right. So... The social media embargo has lifted on The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which means there are a bunch of first reactions out there, maybe one from yours truly included. Before I even read a single one, though, John, I want to know, are you a Hunger Games fan? Have you seen the other movies? And are you looking forward to Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? I saw the first two, and then I kind of stopped. It just, It just wasn't for me. I don't know. Just wasn't a huge, wasn't a huge fan. Wasn't really on board for it. I I don't know. Like, it was fun. I just, you know, didn't go crazy for it like some people did. I'm trying so hard to keep myself under control just because. Yeah, I I know you're a fan. (laughs) Like, I'm a big fan. I think The Hunger Games and Catching Fire are exceptional films. I think the two Mockingjay movies are are okay, and I can kind of see why those movies might cause someone to fall off. But not Hunger Games and Catching Fire. I also like they were also coming out at a time when I was like very busy with a lot of other stuff, so I wound up Fair missing enough. them in theaters. And oh, oftentimes some, if I miss something in a life theater, is more important than movies, is that what you're saying? <sighs> You got to pay your bills somehow, Perry. And like, not all of us get paid to watch every single movie. Uh, so, you know, just saying. Uh, for the most part, though, if I miss something in theaters, unless it is a brand or franchise that I'm really on board with, or it is just so good that's, that one of my friends tells me I have to watch it, I tend to kind of gloss over some like newer films. Um, so. Okay. That's just kind of what happened. I just wound up missing it. I understand. I respect it. All right. I'm going to roll into some reactions that I caught on Twitter. I, I pulled three of them. So the first one from Tessa Smith. The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes perfectly delivers the downward spiral of who will become President Coriolanus Snow that fans love to hate. The entire cast is phenomenal. Tom Blythe gives the performance of a lifetime. Then we have Russ Milheim, who says the latest Hunger Games is fantastic. It's an incredibly faithful adaptation whose slight tweaks actively improve the source material, especially Act 3. The entire cast is phenomenal, and the world of Panem is beautifully realized thanks to the immaculate production design. And I'm going to wrap up with this one from Eric Italiano. Never saw a Hunger Games film prior to Songbirds and Snakes. I liked it. 
too long, but still well-paced, compelling story. Uh, Rachel Zegler is a superstar. The music is great. Surprisingly violent, too. Also, really cool to not realize it was a movie about a villain till there was an hour left, which is an interesting take. That's why I pulled that one, because I was curious to find someone who had not seen the original films. So I am limited to what I had written on social media. So I'll just paraphrase a little bit there. I had wrote that Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes is a rock solid addition to the franchise. I'm very happy with it. One thing that I was thinking about, and I brought this up on previous Collider Dailies when we were talking about trailers, I was very curious after finishing the book if they were going to split that book into two movies. I understand why they did not very much. I understand that decision, but I think what wound up happening with the final film is that it is a noticeably stellar first two thirds, but then the last third of the movie is just like so-so. And I also agree with what everyone said about about the cast. I think the casting like across the board is absolutely phenomenal. I think Tom Blythe is a great snow. It's a tough role to do where you have to play a protagonist that the audience must feel invested in from start to finish, but that person has a deteriorating moral compass and makes some not so great decisions throughout it, but I think he's perfect in that respect. And then I also loved Rachel Zegler in the role because the role of Lucy Gray could feel maybe a little too over the top. So it seems to me like it could be a great challenge to capture her bubbly personality and the theatricality of, of what she does on a daily basis, but also manage to never undermine the severity of the situation she finds herself in and the fear that being in the games presents. So I thought she did that really, really well. So in conclusion, not an overall home run, but still a rock solid new addition to this franchise. John. Have we swayed you at all? Are you any more eager to see the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes? I think for me, when it comes to this movie, because it, it's a prequel, correct? Like that's yes, it, yes. it takes place sixty-four years before Katniss, Jennifer Lawrence's character, volunteered to be a tribute in the Hunger Games. Uh, I guess for me, my whether or not I'm gonna like be all that excited to go see this or not is really comes down to. And, like, you might not be able to answer this, although it, the book is out, so that should, you know, be something that you can tell. Uh, mm -hmm. How standalone is it? Okay, so this is part of the reason why I pulled that reaction. And, you know, my my thoughts on this are limited because I literally can't pluck the book out of my brain. But I, I think the fact that it's a prequel almost, like, inherently makes it standalone, where... I think they very, very well established that this takes place soon after a war that has decimated the country, the capital in particular. And it's I think it very effectively presents the blueprint of why and how the game started. So I think it could be a compelling standalone story, but also leave a newcomer in the position of wanting to know where the games go after this. So okay. I think they did a good job in that sense. Well, I'll probably see it. It's one of those things where like it's it's a big franchise film, so I'll just see it because of the nature of our job. Um but you know I'll I'll be a little bit more comfortable watching it not being a big hunger games fan knowing that it is kind of its own thing 
I do degree. think you're safe. I, th- I think everyone's safe in that respect. So if you've never seen a single Hunger Games movie, I would suggest being open-minded about this one and giving it a shot. All right, last story of the day. I'll just go ahead and say this is a little bit less of a of a discussion topic and more of an update because, you know, there's there's been a lot of uh, predictions that have proven false, and we got to let this situation play out. This is the latest on the SAG after strike. I'm going to read a little from the Variety article that covered this news when it broke, and then I'm also going to read the official Twitter statement that SAG's official account had put out. So... SAG-AFTRA may take another day to respond to the studio's last, best, and final offer. I despise that phrasing for obvious reasons. Oh, there, I'm putting my opinion in it. Oops. Um, As the union's negotiating committee continues to weigh its next move, the studio's last talk to union leadership on Saturday afternoon when a large group of CEOs sought to make clear that they will not make further concessions. After that meeting, some members of the SAG-AFTRA negotiating committee expressed dissatisfaction with the studio's offer. At least four of them retweeted a post that urged A-list actors to pressure the studio heads to come back with better terms. The article goes on to say the studio's offer includes a success-based bonus structure in streaming. Under the proposal, actors would get double their typical residual if they appear in a show that ranks among the most watched on a streaming platform. The studios have steadily improved that bonus as the talks have gone on, but they have not agreed to the union's demand for a cut of total streaming revenue. The studios are offered protections against the studios also offered protections against artificial intelligence and what the studios have described as, quote, historic wage increases. The union has held out for robust protections against the use of AI to create digital doubles. So. That is from the Variety article. And then the SAG-AFTRA Twitter account has written, Dear SAG-AFTRA members, the TV slash theatrical negotiating committee analyzed and thoroughly discussed the AMPTP's counter proposal all day and well into the night and will continue our deliberations on Monday. We will keep you updated in solidarity and deep gratitude. Your TV slash theatrical negotiating committee. So that's it. That That's the latest. Uh, I am sitting here eagerly awaiting an update for admittedly selfish reasons, but also as someone who loves this industry and loves the people in it and wants them to see them get what they are owed, what they are worth. And... <laughs> I'm so, I'm so, I'm so, so ready for this to end. I can't express that enough, but as much as I want it to end, I would never want it to end unless the negotiating committee and the members of this union feel comfortable with what they're getting and feel it is what they need in order to progress in this industry to the best of their ability and to make sure that they are actually able to live lives and they are being treated fairly. Yeah, it's... You know, as as you have basically said, it is it is one of those things where the strike going on does, in a way, have an an effect on our what we do for a living. There is a, there is a negative impact that we feel from it. But that being said, I am personally willing to deal with that so that all of the actors and everyone can get the deal that they need to get because what we're talking about here goes beyond right now and has 
it it's going to have effects that are going to ripple out for years to come. And mm-hmm. so if you know if I got to be a little bit uncomfortable and actors can get a great deal, I'm all for it. And the thing is, is that right now the AMPTP is pulling from the same playbook that they pulled for the WGA. It's the same. They do this every time there's there's a negotiation. Do they think that works? Do they think people don't see through that verbiage? That it genuinely baffles me. I think it works on it works on weak willed individuals, but I do not think that. Anybody on the negotiating committee or anybody really paying attention falls into that category. Um, so it's it's them. They're playing games is yeah. what they're doing. They're well, my, they're Mike trying Joyce, to. Mike Joyce in the comments said, I don't know why the AMPTP is using the same intimidation yeah. tactics they use with the WGA. It didn't work on them. I feel like intimidation tactics are like. I think they've been ridiculous all along, but especially at this point, like, what are what are we doing anymore? Act like grown adults and the leaders of this industry and make make a fair deal, make a fair deal already. And let's get on with our lives. It's it is. I'm at a loss for words, honestly, with how just asinine. Some of this, like, is like the way this is playing out is just it's just awful to watch. And it's it's embarrassing for the MPTP, honestly, because we see right through it. Everyone sees through it. Everyone in everyone in the guild, everybody who's watching it from the outside. We all know what they're doing. This they aren't being slick. Yeah, it is. uh, it is ridiculous, but the you know the the main point has been the same since the very beginning. As much as we all want this to end now, 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 it is a it's a long game, and it'll benefit everybody for the unions to stand their grounds now in these negotiations. So, I guess I will conclude this uh, this part of Collider Dailies with like a bit a big thank you to the folks involved in the negotiating and all all the actors who are still out there on the picket lines. It is an invaluable part of this. Project process that you are standing strong until the very very end until the end you deserve in this whole situation so thank you for standing strong for your union but also for this industry overall because if someone doesn't think they're going to be affected by this right now i guarantee you these negotiations will cause a ripple effect and it will set the tone for the future of this industry so again to the wga folks who already did it and the sag actors who are still out there thank you all right with that that is a wrap on this edition of Collider Dailies. John, is there anything you would like to promote before we close out? Uh, well, I mean, one big one for me. We we spoke about this a little bit last week. Um, so you may notice that I am quite ah. fuzzy right now. And uh, that's because I am a big proponent of No Shave November. Uh, the the original like reasoning behind it was to raise awareness for prostate cancer uh, research, and so I am going to, if I can find it really quick, put a link in the chat for uh, where you can donate to the uh, American Cancer Society. That is one of the big ones that I support. Every year I give a little bit of money to them. Uh, wow, that is a really big, obnoxious URL, but whatever. We're going to roll with it. Uh, it'll make it so no one can miss it. If it'll actually send. Oh, it's too long. <laughs> <laughs> 
Chad is like yelling at me. Uh, We can add something to the description of this video so people could find it. Yes, I will do that. Uh, So that you can go and donate if you can to help with research for that. Um, And, you know, sit there and and grow out some facial hair. Use it as a good excuse to, like, start your winter beard early. Uh, And, you know, if you you know anybody who has ever had to uh, deal with prostate cancer, I've had several family members who have had uh, who have had it. It is, it's scary. And so like, you know, reach out to them, see that they're okay. And, uh, you know, support them all in any way that you can. I'm gonna leave it there and just emphasize what John just said. Go check that out. We're going to put a link in the description section of this video so you can find it with ease. And I will say a big thank you to everybody out there watching this edition of Collider Dailies. You will get a John and Mackie show tomorrow morning. So tune in. We'll see you soon with a brand new episode. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.